I'm James Randi, and you're listening to the European Skeptics Podcast, the real ESP experience. You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 52. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show is my co-host, Pontus Böckmann. See ya! Well, hey son, hey son! So, so it's see ya, that's just when it's just one person, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a singular version, yeah. It's... Ah, okay, okay. So we do miss uh, Jelena, of course. Yeah, we do. I don't think she misses us, though. Well, I'm going to believe that she does. <laughs> Lying on the beach yeah. in Cancun. Yeah. You know, I forgot to ask her to bring us a sample of um, the Chicxulub crater. Oh, is that a thing? Uh, the Chicxulub crater is um, on the Yucatan Peninsula, mm. and that is the um, that is the one that was created by the the asteroid that yeah, that hit the Earth uh, uh, sixty five million years ago. Ah, or it was created by all the tourists who all bring something back when they come and from there. So that's why it's a big crater. No. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, gonna yeah. be my theory. <laughs> <laughs> Once on uh, Mount Vesuvius. Um, uh, one of our clients, I, I took grips there, mm-hmm. and uh, when we were on top of the of the mountain, she started collecting all these rocks, and I told her not to because this is yeah, you're not allowed. It's you're not allowed to take anything. This is protected area, and uh, she said, "Oh, but when when it erupts again, it's gonna regenerate all the rocks." So what's, Re- what's all the fuss? What's all the fuss? <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on! Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> so yeah, with that thinking, she could bring some uh, samples. Uh, talking about samples, we have some feedback to talk about. Oh, nice segue. <laughs> yeah. No, so people are giving us feedback on the on the survey that we put out, and it's very good. And please keep on doing that. It's it's giving us a lot of uh, information and a lot of ideas for the future. So please do that, and we will analyze that, and you will probably see some changes going forward when we have done the analysis of all of that. But it's very good to to hear what people think. Yeah, and uh, since we're not doing it for ourselves, um, but for our audience... Uh, we are going to listen to what the feedback is and uh, and try to make the necessary changes for, for this to work better. Uh, we want this to work. We want this to be a useful thing for everyone who takes the time to listen to our shows. Um, we do understand that um, lately we've had a few pretty long shows, um, episodes. Uh, with this episode, it's not going to be the case. We are using this as our kind of a catch-up episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we have um, a couple of more interviews, short interviews to release uh, from QED. And we have one that was recorded by Pontus at one of the mm-hmm. Skeptics in the Pop Talks. Yeah. 
That's right. And uh, yeah, we talked. We talked about that. Um, is is that the dogs? Yes. Uh, yes. There's. A, it's a journalist called Louise Hansare who has been investigating whether uh, search dogs or sniffer dogs actually are as capable as we give them credit for. And it turns out there's not a lot of evidence for it. That's very interesting. Yeah. So this is this is what this episode is going to be about. This is going to be um exceptionally short episode, I think. Uh, but I hope our listeners don't mind. I just thought about this uh, the other day that um, I am myself, I am listening to uh, to many, many podcasts. And uh, I just managed to catch up with all of them um, on my podcast feed. And uh, there are quite a few of those out there longer than an hour. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of time to listen to all this. <laughs> yes. And when we enter this uh, market, so to say, it's not a market because we're not making profit here. So, But we, this field, when we entered this field, we knew exactly uh, what we're getting into because there are lots of brilliant podcasts um, in skepticism. So what we're trying to do is to make it especially European focused one. Um, I know we've had a few interviews and a few uh, people on the show who are not uh, very closely connected to European skepticism, but they have some kind of connection. Like when we had uh, James Randi. James Randi is is a very important figure in European skepticism, especially at the beginnings of of the skeptics movement in some of the European countries. So we do try to to make the connection and it will stay the same. So we want to be especially European focused uh, podcast. And uh, yeah, we do want to encourage everyone to provide us feedback. And if you want to do that, you can do it and now we don't have Yelena. <laughs> Yelena, where are you? We don't know the how to contact us. Yes, we do. <laughs> okay, let's put it together. First of all, we have the website, the ESP.eu. You can follow us on Twitter, and the Twitter handle is ESPodcast underscore EU. You can like us on Facebook. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher. You can find us on SoundCloud. And where else? Well, you can send an email to info at the ESP.eu. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, we're totally lost without you. Yeah, yeah. Come back, Jelena. Come back. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. So it's going to be just us uh, this time. And I think it's about time for us to actually start the show. And as usual, with an even numbered episode, uh, we start with events across Europe. So, in Copenhagen on Monday the 12th of December, they will talk about HPV vaccines. And I know there's been a lot of discussion, especially in, in Denmark, about HPV vaccines or, and are they safe, etc. So that will be interesting. And in Glasgow, there will be the 12 Lays of Christmas. And that's Lays as in possibly getting laid and getting a, a sexually transmitted disease. So it's not the 12 days of Christmas. Mm. So uh, that's a rather uh, interesting topic. Uh, in Sheffield, still on Monday, uh, a former uh, religious educator will talk about his guide to non-belief. And that's Kevin Precious is his name. On Tuesday, the 13th of December, 
two countries outside of the UK will host a talk each. And one of them is Germany, where Würzburg, um, a regional group, will host um, a kind of a Christmas meeting, a Christmas-themed meeting. Christmas in a different way is the title. Uh, well, the title is in German, actually, because it will be a German-speaking uh, event. Um, the other one, La Razionale Alcoholica, which is uh, the, the Italian equivalent of uh, Skeptics in the Pub, will uh, host a talk that we talked about earlier. So there was another event with the same talk, that's um, the story of the meter. And it's going to be in Torino, Turin, Italy. And then we move to to Wednesday, the 14th, where there will be a full moon pub in Göteborg, as there always is. Uh, on th- those days in Eastburn, they will talk about neuroscience myths in education, and that's by James Williams. In Birmingham, the said list dead list with Izzy Lawrence, which we have seen before. And in Bournemouth, uh, Cat Arnie will continue to herd Hemingway's cats. <laughs> okay, I, I, I pictured that. <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's lovely. Mm. <laughs> and uh, there are three other events on that day um, across the UK. One of them is Essex, Skeptics in the Pub. Uh, Church of Fear is the title. Inside the Weird World of Scientology, the talk given by John Sweeney. Newcastle will host Ash Price's talk, How to Be a Psychic Conman. We've talked about that a lot. And High Wycombe will uh, host the Skeptics in the Pub social. And then on Thursday, uh, in Edinburgh, there will be an open mic night. Uh, in Winchester, Deborah Hyde will talk about Bad Santa. And Liverpool, there will be this power pervasion and delusion with Paul Garner. And this is about uh, global health research. And on the same day, Tenerife in the Canary Island, will host um, Skeptics in the Pub talk as well, with the title Antibiotics Now or Never. Mm, Antibiotic resistance is a pretty serious problem these days, so uh, it's worth listening to. And on Friday, December 16th, Valencia, Skeptics in the Pub, Skepticus en el Pub, will host a talk titled The Economic Crisis Through Language. And it will be about the different ways language um, reflects problems and how it 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 makes them change or changes problems. But on uh, Saturday, the seventeenth of December, we have three talks or uh, three events to mention. One of them is in Berlin, in Germany. Uh, the regional skeptics will host a year-ending meeting. Uh, it uh, starts in the afternoon and lasts until God knows when. The same day, Chica Puglia will uh, host the third talk of the series of talks that uh, that uh, we already mentioned. And uh, it's going to be about chimeras, antique chimeras and modern chimeras. Uh, the the speaker will be Lisa Signorile, a biologist. And on the same day, in Lisbon, 
the Solstice Conference, the 2017 Solstice Conference, um, organized by Comcept, the uh, Portuguese community of skeptics. And the invited speaker is Antonio Gomez da Costa. And the title of the talk is The End of the World is Coming or The Importance of Being Skeptical. Uh, sounds like a very important thing mm -hmm. to listen to. Yeah, it's the third year that uh, uh, Comcept is organizing this Solstice yeah. conference. So, yeah. so it's getting to be really an annual regular event. Wonderful. So these are the events going on on one of the last weeks of the year. Mm. Which is absolutely amazing. Another year has passed. Mm. 2016. It's been a terrible year, though. It's been a real bad one. I'm glad to see it go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about that uh, pretty soon, uh, towards the ending of the year, uh, uh, on one of the shows. Um, what, what, what we've seen what, this year. What went wrong, and how can we prevent yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh God. Yeah. yeah. Let's not get depressed. 2017 can only be better than yeah. this. Uh, yeah. If not, then we're really screwed. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think now we're going to move on to um, a, a few very fun interviews. Uh, still recorded at QED and at, uh, was it um, Malmö Skeptics in the Pub? Malmö Skeptics in the Pub, yeah. All right, let's go. <laughs> Again, I managed to grab someone from the crowd. The ever-diminishing crowd that's um, already leaving the building after QED. So here with us is uh, Lukas from Poland. Hi, I'm Lukas. I, it's my second QED and I think that it was better than the previous year. And um, I enjoyed the whole experience. Uh, the podcast feed was uh, really good and I hope that the ESP will be next year's uh, live podcast <laughs> show. Yeah, if we don't screw it up with the, with the applications, we, we might get on that, that track too. Um, so, um, and do you, do you um, live uh, back in Poland? So you came from all the way back? No, I actually live in York, uh, so my... You bastard! <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I, I, I know you like the city. And yeah, you know, uh, it's a very nice weekend trip if you ever wanted. Uh, so yes, I'm doing a PhD in New York uh, in uh, structural biology and uh, uh, I work with uh, proteins at the University of York. Great, and what brings you to QED? How, how did you uh, learn about QED and, and how did you start attending? Uh, was it last year that your first attendance? Yes, uh, my first QED was last year and I got into skepticism by actually listening to podcasts while, while doing uh, some uh, lab work that didn't uh, require me to uh, pay a lot of attention to. So fir my first podcast was that was a Skeptoid. Uh, I listened to the whole back catalog and then it kind of evolved into an unmanageable uh, yeah, mass yeah. of podcasts that I need to listen to at a higher speed to uh, keep up with. <laughs> Great. And uh, are you involved yourself in any skeptical activities? I think that I found a 
different kind of a different way of doing it. So I'm trying to push it politically from uh, from a, a, a political party that is uh, sympathetic to scientific ideas and uh, people-friendly ideas uh, that uh, oppose the. Uh, subjugation of people by spreading propaganda that is actually selling the quackery and selling the homeopathies and as we know religion is a symptom of that too yeah well um, I wish you all the best with the, with that work uh, I hope it's, it uh, ha will have a great success and I uh, hope to see you again at one of the conferences thank you and hope to see you again too Bye-bye. Although these are very sad moments because QED is over, uh, but there are still people around the bar hanging out and uh, having nice conversations. So uh, all three of us are here. Yay! <laughs> I'm here. For, for a change, because we've been sk skated around Enjoying. the conference. Yeah. yeah, and I've been chasing people with this, uh, with this uh, mi microphone, this device. Uh, but uh, we are lucky enough to, to have uh, two other people with us. Uh, one of whom must be familiar to our listeners, Catherine de Jong from the Netherlands. Yes, well, hi to all the listeners. Um, I'm sorry uh, if you missed this wonderful uh, QED conference, uh, because we had three days of excellent lectures and we had a lot of fun here. So if I can inspire any of our uh, listeners to come to the QED meeting next year in 2017, please do so. Uh, it's going to be great again. Um, and uh, well, sorry to say goodbye to everybody because I have to leave very soon. Yeah, so, so do I. Uh, but uh, thank you very much and it was lovely to see you again uh, here in, uh, in Manchester. But um, it's not the first time we meet Ralph from uh, the from Germany, um, who's uh, quite an important member of GWUP, the German Skeptical Organization. Hi. Uh, well, I'm not an important member of GWUP, but I'm a, I'm a board member of GWUP, so uh, that's what I would say. And I uh, and I couldn't agree more uh, with what was said before. It was a wonderful conference, and uh, yes, we have actually uh, met for the first time at QED I think so uh, you know what we probably met for the first time ever at TAM London that's possible yeah that's possible yeah but that's that was back in 2010 actually I know I know a long time ago and uh, yeah I love going to conferences and I can only recommend to your listeners uh, if you have a chance to come to QED or any other conference uh, of that kind, do it. But QD is the best. <laughs> yeah. Shall we meet in Rotslav in 2017? I'll be there. For sure, I'll be there. I plan to be there and I'm pretty confident. Wonderful. So, see you all there and uh, I'm going to have to hit, off, hit it off uh, very soon myself. Uh, see you again very, very soon. See you again. Bye-bye. Yes, okay. Bye-bye to everybody and see you in uh, Poland next time. Yeah. Indeed. Yes. Yay. Cool. I'm here at uh, Skeptics in the Pub in Malmö and we have just listened to a very interesting talk with a lady called Louise Hansare. Welcome to Malmö. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
You had a very interesting talk here about uh, search dogs or sniffer dogs and why we may be overestimating their uh, abilities. First of all, can, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and uh, who you are? Uh, I'm a freelance uh, journalist and I have a science journalist uh, education. I also studied a lot of, you know, chemistry, engineering and other stuff. So I have a natural science background. So how come you, you decided to look into this with search dogs and what is your opinion about how we use them? Yeah, it's a long story because I first I met them in... Uh, in a case called the Kvikfall in Sweden, and they used the dogs. And in a report about that, the Swedish, oh, the Swedish report didn't write a lot about the dog that it used. They used the cadaver dog. But in the Norwegian report about the same case, they wrote a lot, a lot about the science behind it. And they criticized the Norwegian police because of a lot of the scientific stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so you decided to look into this. So, so what, what have you found? What, what is your uh, idea about this? Yeah, actually it started with the... They had a dog there and it was an uh, archaeology dog. So what's an archaeology dog? Uh, the dog is supposed to find uh, human remains that are older than 100 years, I think, or something. But the thing was that they had done tests there and they were like small funny stories more or less not very scientific tests no exactly they were hiding human remains in a plastic bag in the sofa (laughs) for example and in an urn in the middle of the room and then they were like super happy because the dog could find it so (laughs) so you you're questioning how our trust in, in, in search dogs in general. It's not just archaeology dogs, it's not just cadaver dogs or, or things. Um, uh, what do you think, why do you think we overestimate the dog's ability to find things? Well, I think there are many things, uh, but the most important thing is that this idea seems to pop up. Like, it's a, you have a problem. You want to search for something, it has a smell, and you sort of know that the dog is very good at it, so you you go to your best friend, you know? And of course, it works. And everybody knows that dogs are so good at, at, at sensing smell, so nobody questions it or, or finds the need to test this scientifically. Yeah, it surprised me because I couldn't find many real uh, scientific studies, actually. Most studies I've found, and there are lots, uh, they assume that it works and then they like uh, study like details, how how much scent is needed or how long does the dog have to search or a lot of stuff around it, I would say. Is it, is it very serious? And, and what can be the consequences about this? Well, I would say that already we have seen a lot of consequences. We have in the US, a lot of uh, people have been in prison and they have been innocent because it is happily we discovered DNA. So some of them are out now. There are also more personal problems like when you search people for drugs for example and they don't have it and it becomes sort of harassment I would say. 
How about uh, searching for bombs? Do you think that works? Actually, I'm very skeptic because of, of several reasons. Uh, bombs are not very use, usual. It's not like the dog will encounter bombs very often. So, and we know from science and from experience that dogs lose interest when they don't find what they're looking for. Actually, last year the, uh, there was a study that pointed out that really clear. And I think it came last year because there have been accidents in different areas where you use this kind of dogs. Not exactly in airports or something like that, but I don't want to scare anybody, but, <laughs> you know, more like mine clearance, uh, landmine clearance and stuff like that. So, so what happens when a dog uh, loses interest? Why is that a problem? What, what happens then? Yeah, uh, the problem with it is that either it doesn't, uh, it quits working and start playing or doing something else, or it start, it could just do some marking because it wants to quit working. Yeah. Usually, the dog handler gives some reward when it starts. So, so, so the dogs want to please the 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 leader as well. So, so the humans, and so it may start uh, indicating just to get the reward or just to please. Yes, and to, and sometimes they stop working after marking. You know. I wonder, one thing that didn't come up in the talk actually, is this big business as well? Yes, in some areas it is, I would say. There's a lot of money. But there is also a lot of good-willed and good-hearted people, and they are using it for several things that... For I'm, I'm thinking mostly about the archaeology dogs. If you have a dog and it marks an unmarked grave and you can't dig and see if there is a body, you might start to you buy a headstone or something and have a ceremony or something. And <laughs> I think that's kind of sad, actually. Yes. Yes. So, so, but, we can't, but they do have a better sense of smell than humans, don't they? A lot of people say that, but actually I've recently started to um, be a bit skeptic about that as well, because a uh, recent study has shown that we, even though humans have fewer uh, smell receptors, mm-hmm. yeah. um, we have a bigger brain so we can process the information better. And I'm thinking about one quite funny study where they had students sniffing for chocolate on the ground. So, <laughs> <laughs> And that worked well, I assume. Yeah, after a little bit of practice. So the, the researcher said he thinks that we are as good or maybe even better than dogs oh, at smelling. Really? And he says that it comes down to that we don't have practice. So what are the most... Uh, questionable things people are searching for when it, with dogs? Actually, I can't tell you that because that's an ongoing project I'm working on ooh, now. Oh, interesting. Stay <laughs> yeah. tuned. But I can talk about, if you want, something that is interesting with this kind of field is inspire a lot of other people, you know. They have other animals. So what we can see is recently they have, like, mind detection do- rats and... I heard about studies with elephants for looking for uh, landmines and bees and you know a lot of things. We have the same biases when we we try with that, with those animals. Yes, I think it's the yes. same yeah. problem. Right.
just a final thing. Is, is it all bullshit then, sh- or can we use search dogs for some things? Well, if you ask me, I think, uh, yeah, we could use them for certain things. And more like that they are better at um, noticing things. Like, for example, if you have a disaster, uh, maybe they are better at sensing like small movements if a, a person is alive. And anyway, they are better at running around and looking. So, yeah, they can work, but... But we need more science behind it. Yeah, and for smelling things, I'm very skeptical. All right, very good. Thank you very much. Uh, just one last thing. If uh, people want to know more about is there anything, anywhere you can go online to, to follow you on Twitter or things like that? Oh, I haven't been good at that, but I'm... S- I could start if you want me to. I would very much like so. But uh, let, let's put it this way. If you put something together, let, contact us and we, we can link to it later or eventually in a couple of months or whenever you're ready to do that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so Louise Hansare, thank you very much for this evening and thank you very much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Hello, Richard Saunders here from the Skeptic Zone podcast, a podcast for science and reason from Australia. Every week since 2008, the Skeptic Zone has brought you reports, interviews and investigations from all around the world. We have many listeners all through Europe. That's the Skeptic Zone podcast at www.skepticzone.tv. Are you annoyed by misinformation spreading like crazy and you want to stop the flood of nonsense coming from all directions? Go to Wikipedia, as do all those millions out there. Did you know there's an edit button on all Wikipedia articles? Why don't you go and hit that button to start making the world's largest online encyclopedia a more reliable source of information? If you're specifically interested in skeptical topics, Come and join us at Guerrilla Skepticism on Wikipedia, an international endeavor to change the world for the better, word by word. There are many ways you can contribute. You just need to start. You speak several languages, all the more reason to join us. We provide training and all the help you need. If you want to make a change, there's a nice community waiting for you out there. Contact us at gsowteam at gmail.com, visit our website that's gorillaskeptics.com or check out the Gorilla Skepticism on Wikipedia Facebook page. Okay, so this concludes our episode 52 yeah without yelena it's just not that much fun so i'm gonna say goodbye to you bontus yeah and the next time jelena goes to cancun we're all going with her so we can record on the beach yeah record on the beach it's not a bad idea Hmm? actually yeah skeptics on the beach with the esp that could be a thing yeah skeptics on the beach absolutely (laughs) it is now it is now so uh, I can see skeptics dancing to the Stevie Wonder's superstition. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> From now on, this is a thing. Uh, we'll do that. <laughs>
<laughs> a bunch of skeptics dancing on the beach to Stevie Wonder's superstition. Yes. That's the idea. <laughs> so make it happen, people, and send us the links All uh, right. of the videos that, that you recorded there. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, thanks very much for joining me again, Pontus. Thank you. And indeed, uh, thanks to our listeners as well. And until next week, goodbye. Goodbye. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments, or death threats to info at theesp.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Schraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe You can find us on iCloud no, not iCloud. SoundCloud. You can find us on SoundCloud. <laughs> we start with... Oh, not on this day. <laughs> we start... Oh, fuck.